Father God, we thank you that you are in the midst of this war with us. You are a strong tower. The righteous run into you and are safe, Lord. You are our covering. You are our victory. I pray that you would protect each one today. Tuck us into the safety of the palm of your hand. Reveal yourself to us, Lord God. I thank you that you are the faithful one who completes the work that you begun in us, Lord God, that um, we are your workmanship. So I pray today, Father, that you bring peace and rest and the revelation of Jesus Christ in these matters to the souls of those who listen, to their minds, their hearts, all of us, that we would not become weary and overwhelmed in the things that are attacking us from within. Father God, there are many things without, but we also know there's a whole battle going on within us. So I pray that you would reveal yourself to us and your truth that sets us free. I thank you, Jesus. You already finished the work. We abide in you. You died on the cross. You've got this taken care of. The battle is yours. I thank you also for the promise that you keep every day over all of us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So I thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your deliverance and your healing for each one listening today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, we're talking about feelings and the gospel of knowing. Feelings. Yeah, no, 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 no. But you know, I mean, a lot of people, All it's just a common thing in the snake pit. And we live in the snake pit, you know, and there's going to be snakes and vipers and serpents that bite us and tempt us and torment us because we're not you know we are in an alien place we don't we came from heaven we don't like this place none of us really like this place and because it's so foreign it it creates a huge you know constant uh indication or uh, predisposition to fear and anxiety it's that's the whole world is based on fear and god says well i want you to walk by faith it's by faith and knowing knowing i love you um, but the fear comes over and overtakes us and overwhelms us sometimes. Well, we all, we, we learn, we adapt, we learn how to operate within this, uh, Wick, this wicked, world, wicked, wicked, wicked world system. system. Yeah. And, and most of us adapt by <clears throat> living according to our soul. Yeah. Our feelings. So, so mm-hmm. that would be our mind, will, and emotion. So, uh, you know, but to li- we're called to live by faith as believers, uh, it's interesting that uh, we we all have faith in something, right? Mm-hmm. We all have faith in something or someone. Mm-hmm. Everybody has faith to a certain extent, but uh, we're talking about now the faith faith in God. It's interesting. Um, Romans one sixteen seventeen. Paul says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, believes. Mm-hmm. for the Jew first and also for the Greek." That would be the Gentile. For in it, in it, okay, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. There's a progression of faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. He's quoting Mm -hmm. Habakkuk uh, Mm -hmm. uh, chapter 2, verse 4. So we're called to live by faith, by trusting, not, not according to our... Um, 
soul, but according to our spirit. And that sounds like really woo-woo. What, mm-hmm. what exactly are we talking about there? Well, you know, in First Peter, it talks, he's saying kind of the same thing. Chapter 1, verse um, uh, 5, but I'm going to go back up to uh, 3 <clears throat> and then go a little bit further. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Living hope. Hope is an antidote for fear and dread. <clears throat> Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Yeah, yeah, we know we're going to get all this when we get to heaven, but what about now? He says, who are kept, now kept, by the power of God through faith, for the salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. So we're rejoicing in the fact that we have this faith. We're being kept by the power of God. This is the key. We're being kept by the power of God, <clears throat> not by our own cleverness, not by the medications, not by the counsel of the world. We're kept by the power of God. Um, and, and that means God can use anything to keep us. I mean, some people, he is, he maybe uses medications and, and, and remedies and things like that. Of course, uh, but we are kept through all these fiery trials by him so that you will greatly rejoice. So now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire may be found to the praise, honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the big gold nugget in this battle between God and Satan for the souls of men is our faith. Are we going to keep the faith that we believe in God or is Satan going to come and challenge and overwhelm and test and steal and persuade us to give up the faith. Well, our, our <coughs> faith is being challenged constantly Tested. by Satan because mm-hmm. he's okay. he's lying to us about God, the the true nature of God. <coughs> Does God keep his word and all that? Yeah, and, 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 then, he, and yeah, then, he doesn't want us to know, too, that God is the one keeping us. So he lies to us about that, that I'm alone. I'm, I'm abandoned. God is here watching me to see if I'm going to do this right. Hey, guys, God already knows everything from the foundation of the world. He knew the test, the day, what you'd be thinking in your mind, how many hairs would be on your head when you're thinking it. He knows it all already, so he doesn't have to test your faith. He is the one committed to keeping your faith through the fiery trial. It's really a matter of how you look at this thing. God has been faithful to keep us, and he's committed exactly. himself to well, keeping what us. What happens is we get faked <clears throat> out by our circumstances. All the time, yeah, yeah. When things get crazy. I mean, when when there's sickness, when there's what we call an accident, which we don't believe are really accidents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when, when there's difficulty, there's pressure, there's breakdown in relationships, there's uh, financial issues, all these things come at life at in Romans chapter 8, says not even life will be able to keep us from the love of God. Yeah, what shall separate you from the love of God? Yeah, so... Uh, so um, some of us have really crazy difficult lives, and they're difficult in different ways. I mean, everybody has their own set of trials and their mm-hmm, own set of demonic mm-hmm. assaults. But a lot of people don't realize it's a demon or a temptation. They just kind of get thrown into this cauldron of the snake pit, and they just get banged from pillar to post. But... We want to to call some clarity to our fiery trials and our temptations, especially those that come through fear, anxiety, panic, phobias, obsessions. And in Romans, I mean, sorry, Mark chapter um, 7, we have a very interesting discussion with Jesus. And I see this, Mark 7 and 8, as the Jesus' comments on OCD and the religious spirit and being overwhelmed with anxiety. So he's talking to the Pharisees, the beginning of the chapter, about, and, and they were mad at him, challenging him. 
because he did not wash his hands in a special way, like the tradition of the elders. So they came when they came from the marketplace. His disciples they just didn't wash their hands all the time, like washing. The, and he and they were supposed to wash cups and pitchers and copper yeah, vessels and it, couches it, and. It was. It wasn't <clears throat> your normal, uh, you know, sanitizing your hands, cleaning. Your, it was a special a ceremonial ceremonial yeah. washing that the Pharisees did. They were all wrapped up in these fine details of meticulous. Perfection and actually was leading them into a crazy religious OCD. They were, you know, they were, I don't know what the word would be. They were overwhelmed, anxious, feeling guilty, uh, vulnerable to the enemy's attack if they didn't do this, this, and this perfect. And some of you are like that. You're so OCD that you've got to wash your hands or you've got to do something, whatever it is that the devil is, is using to trick you, provoke you. I got to do this. Perfect. All these things got to be lined up perfectly, or I've got to cross every T, or I can't walk on the cracks on the sidewalk, or my hangers have to be all exactly the space the same. OCD, because if I don't do that, something bad is going to happen. That is a game. That is a trick. That is a lie. That is not life. That is not Jesus. That is not abiding. That is being tormented. But anyway, so he's he's running into these OCD Pharisees, and. <clears throat> The Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he answered to them and said, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. They're going through the lip service. They're going through the pretending. It's not coming from a true heart. Um, so the, he's talked to them about laying aside the commandments of God and washing and substituting all of these uh, ceremonial acts for true relationship with God and, and substitute their tradition for the, the heart and the desire of God that they would know him. Um, and then in verse 17, he says, um, the disciples, when they got away from the crowds, asked him, well, what was this? What are you talking about? And he says, don't you understand? Are you thus also without understanding? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach and is eliminated with the purifying of all foods. But what comes out of a man that defiles him from for from, for from within <clears throat> out of the heart of men proceeds what evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, evil eye. I suppose that would be jealousy or covetousness, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. So he's talking about out, the heart is desperately wicked in Jeremiah, deceitful above all else. Yeah, well, so <clears throat> so we've got all this going on. We've got a deceitful heart. Right. The, the hope, the, the hope, source. The hope we have, that's the heart. The, mm-hmm. the, the, it's the source. It's the fountain of our life. We, so the only hope we have is a transformation of a heart. Right. And that's part of the new covenant that mm-hmm. Jeremiah spoke about and uh, that Jesus came to bring, a new covenant where he'd write his yeah. laws within Amen. our hearts and Amen. minds. Amen. So it's a new heart. He gives us a, take away our stony hearts, give us a heart of flesh, and give us a heart to, uh, God is giving us a heart to know him, yeah. to yeah. trust him. So there has to be a change within. Well, he, and if, if you change the heart, there's there's a different desires. Yeah, it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And of course, that means re, relaying the foundations of re, your life re, with the truth of God's word. Yeah, being reprogrammed. <clears throat> right. And, and, and it's, it's, it's through faith that we get reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. And, and so what has to happen is there's a presentation of something for us to believe in. Okay, 
in our life we have a different experience, uh, experiences. We certain things we believe, certain things we don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happens is that in, in we're talking about the faith in Christ or the faith of Christ. Mm-hmm. Faith is imparted to us, and it's, it's really the graciousness of God that we can even believe. Uh-huh. But what happens is that Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hearing by the word of God. So the word of God comes to us and and, and, and there's something when the word of God comes uh, and it comes to us through the spirit of God. There's something that awakens us. Right. We, we believe or not. What is awakened have, in have, us is the actual creation that God built that faith and original, trust right into us in the, the beginning. The original design that we have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're designed, made in the likeness and image of God so that that our spirit then comes Responds alive. to him. Responds our to spirit his, yeah. responds to him and trust, and trusting him for salvation. I mean, we know, all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him mm-hmm. should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah. And we're, by, we're saved by grace through faith and in, in not, Romans, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Ephesians uh, 2, 8 through 10. By grace, it's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. Salvation is a gift. So there's faith that's awakened, but it's awakened through a, a revelation of God. But here's the problem. The faith that God wants to awaken in us, the faith that he put in us, the faith of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ's faith and confidence that he's able to keep us and bring us through all these fiery trials, which is bottom line here. The bottom line is you're no match for the enemy, whether it's the spirit of anxiety or obsession or fear or panic or phobia or paranoia <clears throat> or whatever it is, uh, or, or lust. is You're no match for the devil in any of his capacities. We are no match. We can't outsmart him. We can't outlast him. We can't, uh, you know, outmaneuver him. But but Jesus Christ can, and it is really the faith of Jesus Christ. A lot of those prepositions have been changed. Yes. It, in the original text, it's not faith in Jesus. It's, it's faith, faith of, of Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. which makes all the difference in the world. I, I can work and work and work and hope, I hope, I hope I got enough faith in Jesus to do to, to, to move this mountain. But when I say, no, 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 I have the faith of Jesus, Jesus' faith is in me working to strengthen me, to encourage me, to direct me to move this mountain, it becomes a, a totally different task than me trying to... And, and, you know, it's all about, you know, Satan has got us all busy, busy, busy trying to not lie and steal and kill and murder and and all of those things. But that's not who we are anyway. We are made in the image of God. So the most, the easiest path really on this planet and through this snake pit is to follow Jesus because he is the, he's the path of our original nature. I mean, we connect there. There's not the discrepancies and the dissonance when you're not fighting and resisting against your true nature. Your true nature is to love God. Yet, yeah, I know we have a, 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 they call it a sinful human nature, but that is the nature Satan is trying to get us to agree with and adopt and adapt for our being. He wants us to think, I've got, I've got this sinful human nature. I hate sin. Therefore, now I have to work really hard to get rid of the sin. I have to try hard to be good. I have to be a good Christian. And after about, uh, you know, a certain amount of time of this, we get, get exhausted. We fall down. We get overwhelmed. We say, I can't do this. And then perfect. Satan is now won. He's won a defeat, uh, our defeat and his victory. But going back to, uh, again, Mark, there's a real revelation here of what Jesus is talking about. People were going with traditions. They were going with the way things looked. They were going with other people's opinions um, and and feelings. People, you know, our feelings are oftentimes 
totally manipulated by our circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, that is how Satan does it. For he's he's a he's a clever clever um uh, scientist, if you will. He understands the anatomy of the human body and he understands how to wire things together to get us to, to manipulate us. It's like God wired us to know good and truth and love righteousness and Satan got in there to rewire us through trauma and, and uh, tragedies and assaults, generational assaults against our lives even before we're born, to rewire us. And when we're born or as soon thereafter, we don't even know anymore or have any clue of who we really are because we have been so overwhelmed and rewritten by these programs of Satan. So when we go with feelings, what happens is um, that event, that fear, that trauma, the original trauma event, um, and, and, you, and for example, uh, you have a trauma event, you're, you're young, let's say you're in elementary school, and you get, um, all of a sudden you get hit with a feeling of being inferior like everybody's looking at you, like you're different, like you're stupid, like you don't fit in, whatever it is. Uh, or even a, a physical thing. Maybe you all of a sudden get real scared about something. You, 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 and so you're, Satan is wiring together your ex, the experience in your heart of being afraid, traumatized, rejected, whatever it is, with the environment, the, the school environment, the, or with people. He's going to wire it together and put in a trigger or a switch. When you wire your house you put in a flip switch. You put in a, uh, you know, you put in circuit breakers. You put in a switch so you can turn your electricity on and off. Well, Satan has these switches and these triggers also wired into his um, uh, reprogramming of us. So that trauma, the, the original trauma, then is wired together. The feeling of dread, the feeling of anxiety, the feeling of rejection, the feeling of shame, being laughed at, being picked on on the playground, whatever it is, not being picked for the the game. Uh, come, being bullied, uh, uh, being beat up, being threatened, being humiliated by a teacher, um, any kind of thing Satan can concoct in your little world, he will, and then he'll wire it together with the triggers. And once she gets that going, um, he's created a control mechanism for manipulating our soul. And all he has to do is recreate, bring you into the, the area again where the switch with, is available, like maybe another school situation, maybe another um, a playground situation. Uh, maybe it's just has a general switch of people. People hurt me. People are mean. Um, or maybe it's an emotional, psychological inside of you. You're just falling apart inside. You're so anxious. You're so nervous. You don't know why. You don't know what happened. But uh, but you, but it happened at school, or it happened on the bus, or it happened, you know, in your home, or it happened when mom and dad were fighting when you were little and you were hiding under the bed. Whatever it is. Satan is setting up these events very deliberately. He's a demonic intelligence. He has, he's not doing this haphazard. He has a specific plot and plan against your life. So he's wiring you, setting you up so he can control you. And he controls us through our feelings and, and those switches that he recreates the feeling. Demons bring the feelings. The, the demonic spirit will bring the feeling of shame into your soul, into your mind, into your heart. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, the shame equals uh, pain. The shame equals um, humiliation. The shame equals I'm in this place. I'm helpless. The fear, the anxiety. So he is wiring these things together, and then he can control us. And we need to understand that this is how Satan works in the snake pit. And so, so okay, say we're, we're rewired from our original creation in the likeness and image. We're rewired 
through various circumstances, events, emotions, psychological and, things, you know, yeah, things that we had all these <clears throat> no triggers. control over. Yeah. So where's the freedom? Where do we find the freedom from from that? Uh, that programming well the freedom is of course we will the the pat answer the the cliche is in jesus christ but that is the truth because we are no match for anything in the snake pit and technically if you stop and think about it if there is no god we are we're doomed we're done Mm. there's no one there who cares for us satan hates us he will pretend to be your friend for a while but he's only doing that to manipulate you think of it this way if there was no god we wouldn't even be here that's right, because God is the one who authorized us. So God is he's the one who's the one responsible. Who sustains and he's responsible. Yeah, he, he created everything. He well, sustains everything. And the kingdom of God, Jesus came to present the kingdom of God as a kingdom of love and work, not works, but love and and re- responding, relationship, responding to God's love, um, not based on feelings, but fa- based on confidence in God, faith in God, trust in God. And this is what it really is. You can't go by what it feels like or what it looks like. The just will walk by, do not walk by sight, but by, but by faith. Well, Mark, what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when he cursed the fig tree and he said, you know, if you can, if, if you can yeah. just, um, trust, uh, no, know where your power source is. Your faith is in God or the faith of Jesus and, you know, really, here's the problem. The real problem is we're in two worlds at the same time. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus because we're saved. But we're also very much aware of the rush hour traffic and the toothache and the this and the that that's going on in our life and the overwhelming feelings in our heart and the fear and the lack of money and whatever else it is. So really, as believers, as we really need to, like Jesus, he kept saying, they kept saying, who are you? Who are you? Why do you have a right to do this? Where do you get this authority? What makes you think you're God? And he kept saying one thing. I know where I come from. I know who my father is. I know where I come. And he was from the kingdom. He never lost sight of the fact that he was from the kingdom of heaven. And he was simply down here as a pilgrim, as a, as a warrior, as a rescuer to bring salvation, to die on the cross. That was his really his assignment. But we have to realize the same thing. We have been deported or deployed to earth for a while to you know, work to to walk through this valley, to that our faith may be uh, not only tried but va- validated and verified. You know, the soldiers who come back—they're true soldiers. The ones who go over there—they're the the soldiers. They're, they want to be soldiers. They've been trained to be soldiers. But the ones who come back have had the experience. They know you can't question them. They've got it in their soul. They got it in their mind. They know who they are. They know what hell it is. They, and the same with us. We're, we're, we're going to be joint heirs with Christ Jesus. But to be a joint heir, you have to be tried and tested and trained. And so all of these fiery trials are to not to decide whether we should get to heaven or if we got enough faith, but it's to bring forth our faith and, and um, as pure gold. Jesus said, uh, they are not of this world. Right, uh, exactly. Even as I am not of the world. So uh, we're strangers, we're pilgrims, mm-hmm. we're on, uh, soldiers on assignment, like you say. He said, set them apart or sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. That's John 17, uh, 16 through 18. So we're we're on an assignment here. Mm-hmm. Okay, as, as kingdom people, we're living in, in the midst of a... Violent, in, in, wicked, we're living assault. O- overall... <laughs> Over all the universes, mm-hmm. there is God's kingdom. 
on earth and the realms, the heavenlies kind of around earth, and, and we don't know exactly how how far this out goes where, where Satan has got his influence. But we're living in the midst of this. We call it the snake pit here on earth. Mm-hmm. But we're we're living here according to a different principles right. we're, 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 than the world. We're, we're living according to, the principles to, of heaven. to, to faith, uh-huh. trust, and rest in the midst of this. Right. We're shining rest. as light. Peter said, uh, in the midst of a crooked, uh, and, crooked per- and perverse yep. Yep. generation. So, so this is we're the battle. we're a thread. We're we're like a how can I say a golden thread? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're we're living in a different, a whole different vein in the midst of all this. But we don't remember influence. that. Well, yeah, because we're we get overwhelmed, overwhelmed mm-hmm. by all the all the junk that's going mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. around us and, and discouraged. In us yep, yep, and and that's really something. And then we go back to what we're used to, what we're familiar with, what Satan has trained us to go back to, which is our soul which is your mind, will, and emotions. And your mind, with your mind, you think. And, of course, with your soul, your heart, you and, feel. And your soul will just, you live according to your soul, you're going to get drained. Absolutely. You're going to get There's no down. hope. There's no you're answers. You're going to get thrown down to the ground mm-hmm. because after a while, you just get overwhelmed. You can't You can't fight Satan with your soul. You you have to live. That's what the Bible says. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You say, well, what is that? Well, the Second Corinthians 2, 9 through 11 says, for what man knows, not things feels, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, but God has revealed those things to us by his spirit that we might know. So God wants you to know that you can know what you know, and when you know that you know what you know, you can defeat the enemy who's attacking you through your feelings and through your uh, through your mind. But we, But the way you know this is to know the goodness of God. And his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Our spirit, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, 27, our spirit is a candle. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inner rooms of the heart. So God, when you get saved, the candle gets lit. And God uses the testimony of the light, the candle, to show you, to lead you into all truth and victory and triumph through the Holy Spirit. By the way, we're not alone because Jesus said when he ascended, he says, guys, Get into the upper room, stay together, don't leave there until I send the Holy Spirit. Now, he says, because you're never going to last out there. You're going to be picked off quickly. You're going to be discouraged. Stay in. So they stayed there for 10 days. How many of us would stay anywhere for 10 days waiting for the promise of God? Probably 10 minutes is max for most of us. Very good Christians. 10 minutes in your prayer closet and you're out of there. I'm talking to myself as well, not kind of scolding anybody else. But so he says, you got, you can't make it. So he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to live right inside of you. So you and I are not alone. The Holy Spirit is our, our Holy Ghost guidance system to guide us, direct us back to heaven where we belong. And so in the meantime, you're going to walk through the midst of lions and fiery serpents and the roaring lions and uh, lies inside and out. And yet God wants us to... to he, <laughs> He says, you can do this. This is not a problem because I've got you in the palm of my hand. And, you know, going back to Mark for a minute in uh, Mark chapter 8, we get a, a similar discussion. Uh, Jesus in the in 70s talking about, you know, um, the traditions of men and the feelings uh, that are in the heart. In 8, he's actually talking more about the mind. So they had just come off this big high of doing the feeding of the 5,000, five loaves, two fishes, and so he was, this was probably a day or two later, 
Uh, so the Pharisees come out in verse chapter 8, verse 11, to dispute with him again, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. So they wanted to, him to prove himself with some big show, some big, but how many signs had he done? He hadn't yet raised Lazarus from the dead at this point, but I mean, sign after sign and miracle and mute people talking and people blind seeing and leprosy fleeing and all kinds of, what else do you need? But anyway, so he sighed. It says that Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Jesus sighing in his spirit saw the, the, the mockery, the muck, the mess, the, these, these guys who were total demon sent to, uh, to assault him, to uh, create confusion in the people. And they demanded a sign. Now, what's he going to do? Is he going to give them a sign and, and, and shut them up? Or is he not going to give them a sign and not play with their play their game? He says, why does this generation seek a sign? Surely I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. Well, as he said in another place, the only sign was the sign of Jonah as he was three days in the belly of the whale. Christ was three days in the tomb. That also became a sign when he was resurrected. But so we go on in this discussion, verse 14, the disciples had forgotten while they're getting in and out and talking to the crowds. The disciples had forgotten to take bread or they'd forgotten to take their lunch and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. I think this is very telltale. They're hu- they're real people. They're guys. They forgot to pack their lunch. You know, John thought James had the extra loaf of bread, whatever. And they ended up with not enough bread because, you know, one loaf for 12 guys is not going to be enough, even unless, of course, you multiply. But so they're reasoning. OK, so then, well, while they're doing all this, um, worried about the bread, Jesus is teaching and he says, and he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the, and the leaven of Herod. Okay, so the word leaven becomes, by association, they go back to thinking about bread. Oh, he must be talking about the bread we forgot to bring. Oh boy, we're in trouble. Um, so they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. So what were they doing? Using their minds, using what it looked like, to try to figure out what Jesus was saying and, and what was going on. And Jesus, aware of it, what? Aware of their reasoning. What do we do in our minds, in our souls? We reason when? All the time. We try to figure it out, reason it out, make a list, anticipate, uh, you know, check the tendencies of the stock market. We're always trying to figure things out. He says, why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Do you not perceive yet or understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did we take up? And they said to him, 12. And when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. And he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? So, there was a block to their understanding, the, 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 the um, connection, the revelation between heaven and God's plan and what they were seeing happen on earth. They were into the temporary, the, the bread, not enough bread. And God is saying, you don't get it. You don't get it. I've got power from heaven. I can make 40 loaves of bread. You know. So what does God want us to know with this struggle, this battle between faith and feelings? What does he want us to know? Well, 
What's the bottom line on all of this? Bottom line is 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 trusting God. What he said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. It's trusting and resting, though we do not understand. You know, it's easy to trust in something that you understand mm-hmm. or you think you understand. Yeah. But if if you trust God, you know, God is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. God is solid. He's love. He's true. He's faithful. We trust Him in the midst of all the things because, that we face because we know that we trust There's Him because knowing. we know He's good and faithful and yeah. just, and He's not going to abandon us. See, the thing is, when we we try to understand things, how is it you do not understand? Jesus said to them, and then later He says. Um, you know, because we don't remember, um, our understanding is blocked uh, because we can't remember the faithfulness of God because that gets blocked out of us and we get panicky, we get afraid, and we try to look to our own resources. What happens is we try to, uh, how can I say, uh, imply or uh, put, if, if we have bad things happening to us, we mm-hmm. see things are bad. You know, we have sickness and family pressures and financial pressures and difficulty of all kinds, we tend to um, impose those, that's not quite the word, on God. In other words, we equate our circumstances with the character of God. Correct, and we don't understand it. And on the other side of it, um, a lot of times, we talked about this last time, um, and encourage you to listen to that radio show, but but we, we, we embrace our feelings and our thoughts as our own. And not every thought you think you thought are thoughts you thought. Not every feeling you have is a feeling from within you. But Satan uses those thoughts to make you think you thought those thoughts. So if he can get you to think you thought them, then he can get you to easily accept and embrace them as your own, and you will not resist them. And so that that's how feelings work. I feel, I feel, it's just me, I'm my feelings, my depression, my pain, my... Um, but we're actually making an agreement with the liar when we say that, who's come actually to divide your house and set you up in opposition to yourself. So we own things that the enemy is doing sometimes. We agree by agreeing. Yeah, yeah we, we oh, get, my fear, my addiction, yeah, my own pain, it, yeah. mm-hmm. my this, my that. My hate, my revenge. It's not ours. But see, the thing is, what we don't understand is demons, demonic spirits are disembodied spirits that are, they still have appetites, they still have agendas, and so they have to find a body in order to carry out their their uh, lifestyle, to carry out and, and, and uh, get their appetites and their, their needs met. So they will come into us. They will impose their feeling of depression or anxiety. They'll impose it onto us. I am nervous. I am nervous is from where? Heaven or hell? There's only two kingdoms. So where does it got to be from? Are people nervous in heaven? No. So it's coming from the darkness. It's coming from the kingdom of hell. It's coming from the demonic dark side. It's coming from demons who are nervous. I have dealt with demons literally who are so shook up by the fact that they are going to be cast into the abyss or wherever they're going to be end up in someday, but it's not heaven, that they're manifesting that through the people that they're trying to control and influence. And the people are anxious and they're overwhelmed. They're wringing their hands. There's no hope. They feel cast out. They feel God is mad at them. And they're actually picking up the, the mindset the, the, of, of the demonic spirit or stronghold that is trying to establish itself in them. And they don't realize because they don't know the truth about who they are. And, and fear is the order of the day mm-hmm. in this world. Well, and the Bible says perfect love casts, casts out, out fear. 
for, yeah. because fear has torment. Perfect love. So when you know perfectly, knowing that you're loved solves everything. Knowing that you're loved by God creates a safety zone in us that helps us to um, walk in peace and truth and confidence and courage and, and to not be afraid. And I understand sometimes these feelings, this anxiety, so close to over the edge, can't take anything. You're just, you know, shaky, out of control, fearful. I get that. I get it. Actually, the Lord, the Lord allowed Satan to attack me like that for a, a, a short amount of time, but just long enough to say, I get it. You got no control. You got no way to um, help yourself. It's you're at the mercy of God. And, and God's mercy is good because God, is, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And so um, this is where we need to go to stand, knowing the word of God. You guys, I, uh, we're going to shorten this up today a little bit, but I want you to know that you cannot survive the snake pit by eating the devil's uh, theology, by, by in, ingesting his lies, by ingesting the, 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 the mainstream media of this world, whatever that would be, ingesting those lies you need we must to eat to live to survive to breathe to be successful in god's kingdom as that means stand and having done all the stand that's what success is defined as we must embrace the word of god you need to know who god is how big he is how crazy big he is how awesome he is that he is the creator that he has spoken it will come to pass he said well it doesn't look like it's coming to pass it looks like god's checked out and he's not interested it's not what it looks like never what it looks like nothing is ever what it looks like that's the whole trick and plot of satan as well but read your bible you say i can't get anything out of it i read it and i fall asleep i read it and it doesn't make any sense to me well then when you sit down to read say holy spirit please interpret this for me i don't get this i don't even like this this word doesn't make sense to me and yet i know i need it I, i i i crave it you crave it and yet the devil's trying to tell you, you don't feel like reading it. He puts you to sleep. And so he's trying to keep you from your nourishment on the word of God. But honestly, it is the awesomeness of God, the truth of God, that begins to answer the questions Satan has set up. And well, if God's so good, why does he let all this bad stuff happen? And if God's so good, why does he let the devil keep on doing what he's doing? All these kinds of things are just sideshows, distractions that Satan is trying to... And, and there are right answers to them. There are good answers, powerful answers. But the answers will come as you study the word of God and let the Holy Spirit reveal. His job is to reveal Jesus Christ to us. And that's where we get our strength. We get our joy. We get our confidence. And we need to have these things because we're going into, I mean, this is not easy down here. No one is signed up and said, I want to be born. Not one of us came to God and says, yeah, please let me be born, God. Oh, I just want to go into the snake pit. Oh, I just want to see how I'm going to do down there. No one signed. And many people, actually, I have a lot of clients. I never wanted this. I don't want to be here. Um, I didn't sign up for this. I'm mad about being here. I don't want to. You know, and I understand that. I I get that. That makes sense to the natural mind. But that also makes sense when you realize the devil is trying to get you to go there. So you will miss your great opportunity. You know, we are created by God, authorized, validated, vindicated by God, the author of the of our not only our eternal salvation, but of the actual creation of the universes. This is our Father. He is God. He loves us so much that Jesus, His Son, came down to take His place and die for us. This is an awesome inheritance. This is an awesome privilege. We we were not made rocks or or rabbits, 
God created you, authorized you to be a human being. Now, don't throw away your life and don't let Satan steal it from you, but, but let the Holy Spirit fight for you. Let Jesus Christ fight for you. Father, we thank you for each one listening today that there will be an encouragement, that there'll be a deliverance, a deliverance. Get these demons exposed by the light of your truth, Lord God. We command that each one who's listening, who's struggling with a demonic spirit entity stronghold, feeling, thought, um, that these demonic spirits are now being called into the light by the power of your truth because you said, Lord God, your truth makes manifest that which is hidden, the hidden works of darkness and also the sword of your word which is able to separate even to the dividing of bone and marrow, thought and intention, soul and spirit will separate these demonic entities, their feelings, their garbage from off of our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, our bodies that we will walk in a place of deliverance knowing that we have been delivered, knowing that our God has just performed a miracle for us, knowing that we are the apple of his eye and that we will not walk in fear, but in knowing that we are loved by God. God has already finished the work. The battle is his. We are abiding in him. He is nourishing us. We are not alone. Satan cannot cut us off and Satan and Jesus does not drop anybody out of his hand. So God calls us to know these things. Lord, we rest in, in your your grace and your help. Mm-hmm. Lord, we look to you, Lord God. Don't let us be faked out by what's going on around us or in us, mm-hmm. but look to your word. Thank you, Jesus. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. And help us to live according to your truth, just trusting and resting no matter what seems to be going on around us. Praise you, Jesus. We trust you because you're good, you're God, and you have always the very best in mind Amen. for us. And Lord, we de- declare with our mouth... Our mouth is also a weapon. Our words are weapons. We're not going to use our words, Lord God, or give those words and weapons and bullets to the devil, but we're going to praise you with our mouth, and we're going to declare your truth, whether we feel it or feel like it or not. We're going to speak the truth of your word and then let you go to battle for us. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Check out liferecovery.com. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.